In this world of competing priorities, how do we decide when a project, a creative project, any project, is worth completing? How do we find the motivation to move from idea to completed product? Recently, I discussed this and other topics with illustrator and comic artist Adam Muse. Adam Muse has been creating independent comics for 20 years. His two self-published books, Social Insect and Taking Up Space, were recognized in Best American Comics 2010 and 2019. His self-published mini-comic, Sad Animals, sold over 10,000 copies. His illustrations also appeared in the 2017 Philip K. Dick award-winning novel, The Mercy Journals, by Claudia Casper. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Welcome to The Root Cellar. you describe your work i guess the the core of my work is comics mini comics for the most part i participate in kind of i guess the what you'd call the indie comics community and i like to predominantly self-publish uh little books i draw uh I paint i just sort of take it wherever it leads me what uh what led you into the mini comics specifically the self-publishing world of mini comics well, um, I guess um, I've always uh, drawn cartoons and comics. Um, I didn't grow up reading superhero comics, but I grew up obsessed with newspaper comics and Farside, Calvin and Hobbes, Peanuts, Garfield, all that. Um, you know, definitely a child of the 80s, uh, 80s comics. Um, I guess I, I drew cartoons. I, I didn't really have many friends that I mean, I kind of wrangled all my friends into drawing with me, but I don't think I knew anyone that was as serious about them as I was. And then in high school, I had a few more friends and, and we draw comics a lot. Um, I guess by then I was sort of enamored with, I guess, the art world and I guess art with a capital A. Uh, grew up outside of D.C., spent a lot of time in museums and galleries in D.C. and uh, in high school. I guess I began to become kind of ashamed of comics in a way, I guess, at least they, they didn't seem as important. And then I went to school, went to art school. And then over the course of school, you know, I, I guess in some ways I became increasingly disillusioned during school. I guess I plugged into the um, kind of 90s alt comics that were going on at the time and uh, realized that it was a thing, you know, that uh, and I met more and more people. But even then, I, I didn't know that many people seriously involved in comics. So it really wasn't until kind of the tail end of college and right after that I sort of allowed myself to kind of entertain it more seriously. And then I guess my first real kind of step into it was um, there was a, a mini comics night at a comic shop in, in Richmond. It's still there, uh, Velocity Comics. 
shout out to Velocity Comics. And I was asked to bring a book to sell. And then that's when I, I, I wrote and drew Sad Animals. It sort of grew legs and kind of made me realize that, wow, I can, I can make books and I can, you know, I can do this. I can allow myself to do this. And, and after school, you know, I think that the artists that I knew and, and people that I responded to were all comic artists. And I, I just loved just the fact that, you know, I, I could support my friends and they could support me and we could talk about comics. And it just felt so much more alive than anything else I could be doing. And then I guess I just continued continued drawing and continued working at it. I'm wondering about in those early comics that you encountered that you really liked, like Farside and Calvin and Hobbes, what was it about those that you really liked? What attracted you to them? Um, I mean, they were funny. They were obviously accessible uh, for me as a kid. I liked the economy of them. I love, and I still love the the art of a good gag, you know, a good strip. It's, I, would, I wouldn't have described it like that then, but it's like poetry to me. I mean, I think that in the same way that poetry is, is just the most, it's like a, it's like distilling language. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to create potency through a distillation of language, you know, an economy of language and comics and specifically short strips. They do that. Very few elements, uh, very few words. You, you get a lot of bang for your buck. I guess I responded to that, but mainly it was just, you know, it was just the, the funniness. I mean, I, I guess I had a, I had the younger brother syndrome, you know, I was definitely a, a ham. Um, and, you know, I liked making people laugh. And now it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't just go for laughs anymore, but, but back then, you know, and in a lot of social settings, you know, comics and cartoons are really uh, a good way to, to warm up to people, you know? Yeah. When you encountered kind of the art capital A, as you put it, and you started to have a different feelings about comics. Why was that? Was it was it anything to do with humor and and humor having a place in art capital A, or was it for other reasons? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I took myself too seriously, you know, going into college. Uh, that was part of it, just you know, wanting to be perceived as a serious artist. But yeah, I mean, certainly there's plenty of humor in art with a capital A. I mean, for sure. I mean, especially in the '90s and the late '90s, there's a lot of it. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to be taken seriously. Uh, that sounds silly, you know. I mean, there's plenty of comic artists that are taken seriously, uh, but at the time, you know, comics for me just existed as this thing that my friends and I did. You know, I had a, I had a good friend in high school that, you know, you'd pass notes to each other in school, and you know, you'd fold them in that very specific way. I don't know if you know the way I'm talking. About. I can't really describe it <laughs> for the. <laughs> audio but it's like this very specific way of folding notes <clears throat> into a little rectangle yes. and uh and, you know what i'm talking about and uh yeah and we and we'd pass each other at specific times of the day and so the period before that in most cases for me was math but i would just draw you know these little notes and then we'd, we'd pass them back and forth and they evolved at first they were just basically like gossiping about our friends and just you know just whatever just talking about people and and then it developed into this comic and we had kind of similar styles. And so I would draw a page and he would draw a page and I would draw a page. It began as like a new show that's gossiped about the school and our friends. And then we also worked together at Michael's after school. So all the drama and people at Michael's would um, find its way into the 
the new show also. And then the new show just kind of had all this whole cast of characters. It just kind of went, it just kind of just developed organically. And I think we ended up with like 500 pages of these comics, you know, and, you know, they were like, you know, I wish I still had them, but I I think I honestly, I don't remember throwing them away, but I remember in college really like just not showing them to anybody, you know, just being kind of embarrassed by it, you know? And then now I'm like, oh my God, what an artifact, you know, what an artifact of my high school experience. And, you know, why was I so ashamed of it? You know, it's so silly. But yeah, that, that was my relationship to, to comics at the time. It was just, you know, it was, it was in a total vacuum for the most part. To be serious as an artist was to, you know, show in galleries and you know, go to art school and do all that, you know, which I did, you know. And I had some, I mean, not success, but, you know, I did participate in shows and um, did go to grad school, but it was ultimately pretty unsatisfying. Even though I still have a lot of respect for, I mean, I think I've kind of come full circle in a lot of ways where I, I kind of have a renewed respect for certain aspects of the art world or certain artists. You know, I still look at it from a distance and respect it from a distance, but, but yeah. How did comics come back to you then? And that was it something you were always secretly doing? Did you completely abandon it? It kind of like entered into my work somewhat in school. I mean, I was all over the map in school. I mean, I was doing, you know, video performance and sculpture and painting and, you know, you name it. Um, but especially towards the end, I think a lot of comic elements started kind of appearing in my work. And I started embracing it more and kind of realizing that I was not a sculptor. <laughs> that I was, uh, if anything, a painter. I still paint. And, you know, my senior show in sculpture was mainly painting. Um, it wasn't until really until after school. And I had a, a few friends in, in Richmond, Virginia, where I went to school that were much more serious about comics than I was. Um, and I realized that it was alive, you know, and that it was a, it was a thing that could sustain me. I kind of want to come back to this thing you said about uh, comparing comics to poetry. And something mm-hmm. I wonder about comics is you've got two things going on at once. You've got the artwork, or in my head, it seems like two things at once. Maybe it doesn't seem that way mm-hmm. to you. But it's, you've got the artwork, and then you've got the story, or, or oftentimes the dialogue. How do you marry those? Do you see them as separate things that have to be married? I, I, I see them as not necessarily separate things, but they definitely have to be married. Some would say that the definition of comics would be you know, words and pictures together. You can obviously have comics that don't have any words at all. For me personally, I think that, you know, if you, and you, you see this occasionally and it's not bad. I and mean, I don't, I don't judge comics or comics and I don't like lingering on, on definitions of what is comics and what isn't, you know, it's punk rock and what isn't punk rock, you know, <laughs> who, who, you know, who really, who really cares. But, but for me, it, it works best when the words aren't just illustrating the pictures, you know, otherwise it's just words and pictures and, you know, they just sort of function separately or at least maybe the at the very least i think that the words the pictures should provide you know much more information than the words but what at its best i think that they they're just absolutely inseparable that you couldn't remove one or the other they you know both provide layers of meaning um to what's going on when you're doing your work do you find that the picture or the drawing comes first for me it's honestly and i, I i'm not a you know some people uh, characters come first or, or stories come first. Uh, and I'm kind of jealous of those people in having grown up reading comic books and, and especially newspaper strips and stuff where you've got these characters that, you know, just go through the whole strip. I, I admire that a lot, you know, but I have a very short attention span and I don't know that I think very narratively. 
at least not long form. I definitely tend to think in, in fragments, but honestly, for me, what comes first is a, a feeling like, um, and, and I, I always feel like I'm starting at zero when I draw for the most part. I mean, I'll kind of follow little uh, paths, you know, like if I'm, you know, if I'm working in a certain medium or um, there might be a theme, I rarely like consciously follow a trail, you know, I just sort of, I don't know, I guess it's just sort of this, something will say to me, draw a comic about this, you know, and it's just that simple, you know, just like, oh, this should be a comic. And, um, and it's usually like an experience, like, and, and usually a very small experience, like a very, like a, an observation or just a feeling that I have, or, or just something like something happens and it triggers something like, oh, you know, I'd like to capture that somehow, you know, and then I'll draw about it. And, and usually it kind of, the how sort of develops from that. I go, oh, you know, how, how, how best could I serve that feeling? And sometimes it's a, a strip and sometimes it's just a drawing or some approach or, or style might seem to lend itself best. Often I'll, I'll think that I'm trying to capture this one thing. And, and often it's something very, even simpler than that. You know, I'll kind of start to draw a little story start to draw a strip and I'll be dissatisfied. I'll, I'll realize what it is that actually interests me about it, you know, because I feel like if I'm motivated to draw something and I struggle with motivation, I struggle with, you know, I feel like if I'm motivated to draw something, I feel like it's, it's important and not like important, like capital I, but just like important for me, you know, like, oh, you know, I should draw this because I'm motivated to <laughs> just because, because motivation is such a, a hard thing to, to generate in myself sometimes. But when I do start to draw, then I'll go, oh, this isn't, you know, this, this isn't doing it. Like, I, I just don't, this isn't, you know what I was after, you know, I, I thought that I was, and then I'll realize, oh no, it's actually just this one piece of it that I'm, you know, and then it ends up becoming something even simpler than uh, what I originally was doing. So, but yeah, I guess to answer your question for me, it's, it's, it, it never starts with words or pictures. It's always um, just a, a feeling. When you have these feelings, do you, do you stop immediately or do you carry it around with you for a while before you actually sit down to, to start work? Both. I, I'll use my notes in my phone. You know, like a lot of times and I rarely have, and I hesitate to call them ideas. When I, when I have ideas, they're often like just kind of clever and clever doesn't really cut it for me very much anymore. I mean, sometimes it's fun to do something clever and stupid or whatever, you know, uh, just something silly. Generally, you know, if I have an idea, it's usually bad. I often, where I, I get most of these feelings are usually when I'm driving or walking almost anywhere other than at the drawing board, you know, like if I'm doing dishes or in the shower, you know, pretty much anywhere else. And I mean, I, when I'm sitting down drawing is when I have like the least ideas until I actually have something, you know, and then I can, I feel like I'm a better editor than I am a generator for lack of a better word, you know, like once I have something, then I, I trust myself to carve it into something that makes sense, you know, more so these days, you know, I think that, 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 confidence has, has grown over the years but so yeah you know I'll, I'll talk into my notes thing and my notes is just filled. and sometimes like if I don't draw it or do something with it I'll look back at my notes and they'll just be like these nonsensical you know two or three word phrases that I thought at the time would be enough to like allow me to remember what it was I was thinking but you know, like, you know a couple of weeks later I'm like what what is this you know uh I'll save them for later or Sometimes I'll just, I'll, like if I'm at work, I'll just doodle it real quick, you know, just some, some kind of skeleton of something that I'll just take home with me. 
you know, like in my notes right now, like there's like, you know, houseplant Cupid, you know, I, hand for sale. You know, there's a, a couple examples of things in my notes, you know, it's like, okay, you know, and I, I think I remember what I was thinking of, but I don't remember what your question was, but <laughs> I think, I think I, yeah, it. I was interested in um, some, sometimes people like to sit down and they have dedicated time where they sort of put themselves in the chair and that's when they do their work. And, and sometimes people yeah. kind of work as it, as it comes in to their mind and they stop, you know, carve out a moment in their day and then come back to it later. Uh, and I was kind of wondering how that unfolded for you. I'm not crazy about the way that I work. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I, I definitely, there's a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of uh, wrestling with my, my motivation to do things. And I wouldn't really wish it on anyone else. I mean, what you always hear and what I think is good advice is, you know, sit down and do something. Maybe it'll be bad. You know, maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be something that you can make into something good, but just do something, you know? And I think that's good advice. And, and that has worked for me. You know, I think that often, you know, sometimes I'll sit down and, I will, I'll give myself these little like, okay, in the next hour, you're going to draw something, you know, and I'll draw something. And it wasn't anything that I was thinking about prior. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was just, I wrote, oh yeah, I remember I want to draw this, you know, and I'll draw something and I'll like it, you know? Um, and that does happen sometimes. I think the way my life is, I have to be somewhat calculated about it because uh, like I have a studio out back. I've got like a, an outbuilding it's not big, but it's like a, I finished the inside. It's got a big drafting table and walls that I can paint on and tools and, you know, a lot of supplies and all that stuff out there, but I never go out there. I mean, I, I, I you know, sometimes I do, but going out there means disappearing from my family for hours at a time. And the last time I was able to do that was during quarantine. You know, I was able to justify <laughs> spending out, you know, spending time out there. And I, and I used to go out there, you know, I'd get home and it, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, I would go out there about 10 o'clock at night and work till four in the morning. Uh, when everyone had gone to bed, you know, and I just, I can't do that anymore. So I have a, a drawing table in kind of a corner in a room in our house that's sort of halfway between the kitchen and the living room. And that's where all my stuff is. And I've got everything I need right there. And it allows me to sit down for like, you know, 10 minutes at a time, uh, 20 minutes at a time and, and still be kind of half present, you know? So sometimes I, I'll, I'll think of stuff and then I'll, I'll sit down and it'll just be kind of like a little like, all right, I'm going to draw this. And I just sit down and, you know, just hammer it out and then I'm done. It's just because that's what my life allows. You know, I don't have hours to sit and ponder and I don't know. I mean, I, I do draw and just for the sake of drawing sometimes, but generally I have to be, I have to kind of know what I'm doing and for the most part and, and just do it. Do you find then that you're thinking about your drawing throughout the day, even when you're not doing it? Yes, Absolutely. In fact, I think that I draw more when I'm not drawing. <laughs> I, guess, I mean, I, I think about it a lot. I, in fact, I, I think I think about it constantly. And I, I do wish I was doing it more. But And honestly, I think that there's something to it. I mean, obviously, there's, it's not exactly healthy to just fantasize about doing things and just never do them. You know, that's very easy to do. And I totally do that. But I do, like, if I'm working on a, on a, <clears throat> on a book, and again, my, my attention span is pretty short. Um, and, and when I start to work on something, especially, and I don't, you know, these are books that are maybe, you know, 24 pages and nothing, nothing grand, you know, but even still, I, when I start working on them, it's like I have tunnel vision and I just, and it's all that I think about, you know, for a, a period of time. 
it's kind of exhausting, you know, and it's kind of embarrassing to, you know, say that it's exhausting because they're not, again, they're not like, it's not like some huge chunky magnum opus that I'm talking about. These are just, you know, mini comics, but they require a lot of my energy and, and, and thought and I can't sustain it very long. And so I, I think about them a lot, you know, when I'm not drawing. So when I'm actually drawing, like when I'm sitting down physically drawing, it doesn't take that long, you know, it's like, it's not that I have everything worked out either. You know, I do work things out as I'm drawing, but I feel like just to make that time more efficient, I have to think about it when I'm not at the drawing table. And it's not so much like I think about it, work it out. And then it's just a matter of executing it, you know, cause I, I don't, that never works. You know, even if you don't respect it as an approach, which I, I don't really, but I don't know that it's even necessarily possible. You know, it's, it's, it's not often that you can think of something and then put it down on paper and it looks exactly like what you're thinking about and it works, you know, often it doesn't, but I do think that thought is a creative act. And I think that thinking about drawing, you know, is um, underrated or, or not discussed enough, you know, cause I think that, you know, drawing or painting or whatever it is, you know, musicians, I'm sure walk around and they've got melodies in their heads or they're working out, you know, song structures or whatever. And I think it's a, it's, it's important. Um, and valuable, you know, because I will, I mean, I can visualize it and, you know, I'll visualize something and then I'll change it and I can tweak it, you know, in my head. And, and then, you know, I do a lot of the work before I ever put pencil to paper. Do you, do you, you visualize drawing the act of drawing it, or do you visualize it as a complete uh, product and then move things around? What's that like? What, what is that thinking process like? Um, I mean, both, I guess. Um, I mean, I, can, I can't imagine a finished drawing. In that sense, it's usually more like a, a feeling of it or like, or like a, the atmosphere of the drawing, you know, more so than the details. You know, a lot of times I'll work out like the, you know, composition or just kind of like the overall elements of the drawing. But then, you know, when I actually start drawing, then everything just kind of falls into place as it'll fall into place. But I do think about drawing a lot, like just the physical act of drawing. I guess I do. Like when I think about drawing my head, it's less like snapshots of drawings and more so like I'll draw this and then I'll draw this. And it sort of kind of materializes in my head, I guess. I'd like to go back to this idea of motivation because you mentioned struggling with motivation. Could you, could you mm -hmm. tell me more about that? Well, I mean, I guess... And I've drawn some comics about this and it's probably not an unusual feeling, but I think we take, when we look at a piece of art or music or a movie or whatever, uh, I think often we take for granted, you know, how many resources are involved in making that thing. I mean, we, we were aware of it, you know, um, but you know, like, for example, I'll, I'll watch a movie or, or read a, a book or something and I'll go, Oh, that's, I like that. You know, like that, I might like it a lot, you know? And then I think, Oh my God, you know, this thing took five years to make like, was it worth it? Was it really worth it? You know, like, and I'll think about like, you know, that, you know, in my, with myself, you know, and I'll, I'll go, God, you know, is it really that important to spend that much time on this? You know, is it, you know, and, and somebody else might say, it's not the end result and the effect on someone else. That's the end goal, you know, which I agree with, you know, if you enjoy the process and you enjoy the journey, that's all that's important. You know what I mean? Um, but I do feel like a reader completes the work. You know, I don't, I don't, this might be an unpopular thing to say, but I, I don't do it for myself. I mean, I do, I do do it for myself only because it's a compulsion. You know, I, I feel like I have to do it. You know, I have gold and I want to make something 
beautiful. I want to make something meaningful. I want to make something funny or whatever it is, but I want someone else to experience it. You know, I, I, I don't do this as, as therapy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's therapeutic, but it's not my therapy. You know, I struggle with, is it worth it? Is it important? You know, cause it does, you know, working on stuff like art, you know, is, is not doing something for the family, you know, and I know that's not a great way to look at it, but, but, you know, there are as, as a, an adult with responsibilities, there are seemingly more important things to do than drawing cartoons, you know, and I know that's not also not a popular opinion as far as, you know, I mean, I'm an artist. I'm supposed to say, Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, so passionate and, you know, I just have to do this. And, but, and often I do, but you know, there's, there's some guilt, you know, associated with it too. But I think now I'm kind of at a point where I am interested in, and this is just for myself. Again, I don't, I don't hold anyone else to the same, I don't judge them in the same way, but I am interested in doing drawings that require about as much energy as the meaning contained inside of it, I guess, you know, like, like I'm not going to spend months on something that is, it's just, I don't know, minor, like a, a, a you know, something like, well, I wouldn't spend months on a comic that elicits like a chuckle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if I'm going to do something that is a small idea, it needs to be a small drawing, you know? Um, but I, but I want to pack as much as I can into that small drawing. So I think I'm just becoming more, I guess, like what I said earlier, economical, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pack a lot into a little bit. And part of that is just practical because I, I don't have a lot of time to spend, you know, so I have to make it, you know, I have to make it, you know, I have to, I have to get a lot into a, a small period of time. You know what I mean? I have to, my investment can't be so big. So when you say pack a lot, do you mean pack a lot of emotional weight? A drawing works for me most. I'm not saying I do this a lot. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I do a lot of drawings and only one here and there will actually make me go like, that's a great drawing. Like, I really like that a lot, you know, and maybe it doesn't get the most likes on Instagram or you know, something else, but it doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I just, you know, occasionally I'll make something that I'll go, yes, that works. And that there's nothing about this I'd change, you know, and that feeling doesn't necessarily last very long, but um I'm sorry. What was the, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you say you're you want to pack a lot into a piece, oh right. I'm wondering what it is that you're packing. Like, oh, how are you judging oh, yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I guess I like thing. I like elements of a drawing to work on more than one level. You know, so emotionally, I like a funny drawing to contain a little bit of sadness or or something else. You know, I I, I don't like anything to just hit one note. You know, so whether it be the words or certain elements or the style or whatever it is, you know, I, I like there to be some openness to the interpretation or just things hitting on a number of levels, maybe uh, something working on both a literal and metaphorical level at the same time, you know, just all the elements doing kind of double jobs. Do you show your work to other people in early stages to, to test that out? You know, I don't really show much process stuff. I mean, occasionally I do, but no, I, I, I generally don't. I think one of my best critics is my wife and she doesn't sugarcoat. You know, so when, when she says that she likes something, I respect her opinion enough to know that there's actually something there, uh, even if I hate it 
or if I like it and she's like, mm, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'll go, hmm, maybe I'm not looking at this quite the right way, but, but yeah, she, I mean, she will see stuff that I'm working on before it's done just because it's there, you know, laying out for anyone to see, but I, I don't actively look for input because it just, I don't know. I, I just know that early on, it's just not, it's not doing what it needs to, you know, it's like, it's like if you were building a car and you were to like show someone the car without the engine and try to turn it on or something, you'd be like, well, why are you showing me this? It doesn't have an engine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so when you've reached a point where you you're ready to release a piece, um, I'm curious how you get feed, you know, feedback or you, you mentioned you, you're not just doing this for yourself. There is an audience out there and you, you mm -hmm. are uh, invested in that audience. So how do you collect impressions or reactions from that audience? The way that anybody else does on social media, I take a lot of stuff with a grain of salt. You know, obviously my friends and family will approve of most things I do, I guess. And But, you know, I, I don't, I don't put a place, a larger emphasis on likes or follows or any of that sort of stuff. But I think the things that have meant the most to me are like, for example, that, that book, Sad Animals, uh, total fluke for me. I mean, it just, I don't know, it sold a lot of copies. Uh, you know, I drew it 18 years ago. Um, but even still, I'll get emails from people that, you know, just out of the blue will email me and, and tell me how much it means to them. And, and, and it's always a surprise because it's such a little book. You know, I didn't draw it thinking that it would do anything. But it seems to mean a lot to, to, to a lot of people. And um, it means a lot to me when people reach out, in part because I've, you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff that I, that really resonates with me. And, you know, artists that I've just you know absorbed into my identity, whether it's music or you know visual art or whatever. But you know, I don't. I can probably count on, you know, half a hand. You know how how many times I've I've reached out to somebody, to, to you know to tell them, you know, um, and the fact that people do that, and even before you know before because I drew I drew it in two thousand four, so. You know, this was just right before the flood of, of social media and even before, you know, you know, Facebook was even that that big and whatever, you know, I'd get emails um, and, and just it means a lot to me that someone would take time out to, to write to me. I think it's amazing. I, I myself uh, ran across sad animals um, a number of years ago and at a time when I was very depressed and it was uh i remember picking it up and opening it and um seeing things in that book that were exactly thoughts in my head and then seeing them coming out of the mouths of an animal and just laughing my ass off um and i bought six copies and i gave them <laughs> yeah i gave them to several people I, that was a it was, it was a wonderful <laughs> book uh for me at that i time think then yeah. And other people have mentioned that too. Like they're like, Oh, I bought, you know, copies for, you know, and just the fact that someone would think to buy it for somebody else means, means the world to me. It really does. You've done some commissions as well for uh, a novel. And then am, am I right in saying also for Ikea? Oh no, no. Well, oh God, the Ikea thing. No. Um, well, the novel was um, uh, a novel by a Canadian author, Claudia Casper, the Mercy Journals uh, was the book. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a, an apocalyptic kind of Cain and Abel story that I did drawings for that only two ended up in the actual book, but it was, it was, there were drawings that were supposed to be, have been drawn in the journals of the, the main character, the protagonist. And that was a lot of fun to do. But the Ikea thing was actually, and it's weird, I, I think that 
and probably the way that I presented it on social media was, or Instagram was um, possibly misleading. I, I don't know, but basically we'd ordered a dresser from Ikea during quarantine uh, for my oldest daughter. And when it arrived, it was supposed to arrive in three boxes and two of the boxes were like duplicated. So it's the same parts in both boxes were missing the third. Long story short, because of supply chain issues, they just refunded us the money. And so we, I was stuck with all these boards, you know, that were the, oh. the side in front, the facing boards of the, the dresser. Yep. And so I had these piles of these boards. And I was like, what am I going to do with these? I don't want to throw them away and I need money. So I, during quarantine, I, I basically just sent out an, a thing on, you know, a blasted out on social media. I'll paint whatever you want, you know, on these boards, you know, and I gave them a price list based on the size of the board. And I ended up doing like, I don't know, 50 of them over the course of several months and um, spent probably way too long on each one, but, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun doing it. And, and some things were very specific and some people would just kind of give me carte blanche for the most part, but they were a lot of fun to do. Yeah, that sounds really cool. With the Mercy Journals, did you get um, did you get part of the story, or how did you how did you do those drawings? What was that process like? Well, the uh, author gave me a galley copy and explained kind of what the what purpose the, the drawings would serve, and and, um, and and kind of pointed out several places in the book that she thought that they would uh, be most suitable, and then uh, but she was very open. And I came up with a lot of stuff and it was, it was kind of, it was fun to draw things, but not try to do these, you know, realized kind of drawings, uh, but to draw them. It's almost like acting, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're drawing as if you were this person drawing in a journal, you know, and it was, that was kind of a fun exercise and they're just fun things, you know, fun images. Like I said, it was kind of post post-apocalyptic kind of thing. And uh, there's some kind of, unusual you know at certain points he like hallucinates these like kind of worms that are like party it, it's it doesn't make much sense to describe it uh, but there, there were some fun drawings to, to be able to do that sounds cool you've taught drawing some workshops on drawing again during quarantine um i was asked to teach a, a comics course through a writing center in norfolk virginia um you know zoom you know over zoom it's honestly my first time teaching i mean i've done you know, little workshops here and there, work mainly with kids, but this was an adult's kind of intro to comics course. And, you know, I wasn't working and I was excited about it, but, you know, I was really nervous about it. And, you know, I, it was only like a two hour course once a week, but I'd probably spend like the majority of the week preparing for it. because you know? <laughs> I just didn't want to sound like an idiot, but it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, but it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, teachers everywhere can, I'm sure can attest just how difficult it is my, is my little taste and like how difficult it is to teach over zoom, you know, oh, especially yeah. like a visual, you know, thing like comics, you know, it's, it's pretty awkward. It, it would have been much more enjoyable. I'm sure if I was there in person, but it was still fun. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. So where do you see your work going from here? I would like to, I guess I'm always fantasizing about working on something larger um and again you know i feel like if i'm to invest that much energy in a much more ambitious book then the ideas contained contained in it should be you know proportionately large you know what i mean um i guess um that sounds kind of silly but i i'm still kind of working towards that um i'd like to really work on something i can 
um, really dive into and just and chew on for a long time because you know right now I feel I work in mainly little chunks even even the shorter books that I work on um, they feel they feel kind of cobbled together you know uh, I'll have like a, a bunch of elements that I feel like need to be included together and I know that there's a reason for it I feel like I guess I do trust myself enough that if, if my brain and whatever is telling me, put these things together, you know, and it, and it tells me more than once, you know, over and over, I'm like, okay, there's something to it. You know, I, I need to do this, you know, often for these little books, that's, that's how it'll work. You know, there'll be, you know, certain themes, certain short narratives or just little chunks that, that I just kind of jam together and eventually I, you know, I kind of jam them together long enough that they sort of fuse and become some sort of coherent whole. It's kind of exhausting. I think about doing that on a larger scale, but that's what I'd like to do. I mean, I'd like to, I guess, to continue to challenge myself in that way. Well, thank you, Adam, for taking time to talk to me today. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. Thank you very much.